Guys, welcome back to the Cold Heart. We our 50th episode of the Cold Heart Truth, so clap it up for the three of us. Peyton's going to be joining in a minute. Um, yeah, I mean, again, 50 episodes so far. We love bringing you guys content every single week. Again, live Monday, 7 to 8 p.m. We're going to jump into it. A lot of week five NFL topics to get into. A ton of MLB wildcard reactions, as well as our divisional series predictions coming at you in a little bit. All that and more right now on the Cold Hard Truth. Like I said in the opening, our 50th episode of The Cold Hard Truth is officially here. We got Peyton joining up with us. Guys, I'm ready to get into this. I hope you guys are. We have had a crazy week of sports. MLB Wildcard Weekend just wrapped up. The divisional round starting tomorrow. We had week five of the NFL season. Another game tonight. First thing I want to start off with, though, MLB Wildcard reactions. I don't really want to do it to him, but I have to go to Connor first. Your reactions to the Mets losing in three games, getting shut out in game three, only getting one run in game one. What are your reactions to that series and the way your season finished off? Yeah, uh, today's, uh, today's a little bit sweet for me. Um, yeah. you know, this, this team had so much promise for five months and September was just a rough month. Uh, you know, they, they didn't play well against a really weak part of the schedule. Uh, got swept in Atlanta and then looked like garbage this past weekend against the Padres, even, even with a game two, nice win, but um, yeah, you know, the guy you're paying $43 million for doesn't show up in his biggest starts of the season. You're not going to win. Uh, we don't know if Jacob DeGrom's going to be back next year. Uh, Chris Bassett, I mean, he just, he just looked awful in Atlanta and, and yesterday also, uh, after just, just, just horrible. But, um, you know, the thing is, I've been, I've been thinking about this today. Like, yeah, the, like the Mets season is a, is a huge disappointment just because they didn't even make it out of the wild card round after winning uh, 101 games, but winning, winning over hundred games in itself is an accomplishment. And, and to go from a 77 win team last year to a 101 win team this year, you have to, you have to like where the Mets are headed in the future. Yeah. You can't call it a disappointment. You know, I sorry, you can't call it a, or a failure, but definitely a disappointment because a failure would have been missing the playoffs again after getting Scherzer in the off season. So I'd say, yeah, I agree with you. It's a disappointment, not a failure. My one thing I will say that you were 100% right on about your Mets was the hitting. The lack of hitting really did show itself in, the, in this three-game series, which I thought could be overcome by having Scherzer and DeGrom pitching those first two games. And in game two, it was overcome. The hitting did show up, but DeGrom pitched a gem. Game one, it couldn't, it, it couldn't be overcome because Scherzer didn't pitch a good game. Let, what was it, four, four, four home runs, I believe, or four earned four runs? Home runs total, four, four home runs, seven runs, and I think like four and two-thirds he went. It was, it was, yeah, it was that's, horrible. See, that, 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 that was the big thing is that Scherzer didn't show up and that couldn't overcome the lack of hitting within that lineup outside of Lindor and Pete Alonso. Jacob, your thoughts on the series, you know, what, what led to the Mets' downfall, disappointment? Is it a failure of a season? Your thoughts on that series and the Mets getting knocked out by the Padres? Yeah, I mean, I think, honestly, the most surprising part of the whole three-day series um, it, it honestly wasn't the hitting because, like Connor said, it they showed signs throughout the year of struggling to hit. The most surprising part for me came within the dugout. I mean, Buck Showalter was just absolutely abysmal in this yeah. series with almost every de decision he made. And I was shocked because I love Buck. I think Buck is one of the best baseball minds around. I think most people would agree. But starting with the decision, with the whole if thing, and, and you know, I was arguing with you guys, you know, arguing with my roommates about, you know, he came out and he said, if we win, then we're going to pitch to Grom. And if we don't win, then we're not, whatever it was, or other way around. Why? It's overthinking it, man. Yes. I mean, you put your ace out game one. I know Scherzer was your ace for the year. I thought DeGrom 100% gets that first start. He's been a Met uniform longer than anybody on the entire roster. And then now you put him in a game two. 
And then it's like, yeah, you had to win game two, but what about game three? I mean, why would you even have wanted to have been in the if position in the first place? What I don't understand. Never mind the fact that he publicly announced it was probably the worst part of all. I mean, it's like, it's one thing to have a plan. Like you're thinking, you know, you're talking to the coaches. If this happens, then we'll do this. And if this doesn't happen, then we'll do this. But to make a public statement, I think that actually put extra pressure on Chris Bassett because mm-hmm. then now this poor guy has the whole season on the line. And yeah. it's like, sure, you know, he gets a home game three. It's not the worst situation, but you're facing probably a top five lineup in the league. And you have your 101 season on the line with neither of your best pitchers pitching. Uh, he went about it terribly. Bullpen decisions were questionable. Brandon Ruff DHing was the worst decision. I mean, you put a guy at DH. He got on base twice. But you put a guy at DH that can't hit. I mean, that's the yeah. point of the DH is to have somebody. I mean, like even if Alvarez goes in there 21 years old with nerves. And, you know, I was listening to Michael Clay. He said there's a better chance that Alvarez accidentally runs into one mm-hmm. than Ruff does anything. And yeah. Ruff got yeah. on first base a couple of times. But if you give Alvarez eight at-bats at DH, he's probably going to hit a couple extra base hits and maybe even a home run, which clearly was exactly what they needed. So poorly managed series. Um, not a failure of a season, like you said. They were a lot better than last year. But, I mean, just disappointment um, it prevails. Yeah, 100%. And I'll run through the other three series before we get to our divisional predictions. The, and the, and we'll, we'll finish with the National League. The St. Louis Cardinals, the three seed, gets swept by the Phillies. Bryce Harper moving on to the divisional series. Paul Goldschmidt, I believe, Connor and Jacob, correct me if I'm wrong, he was 0 for 8, 0 for 9, didn't get a hit in this entire series. The guy nope. who was basically the front runner for NL MVP the entire yeah. season doesn't come up with a hit in this wild card series. Totally let them down. Phillies moving on to face the Braves. We'll head over to the AL. The Tampa Bay Rays, Connor's World Series team prediction ahead of the playoffs, gets swept by the Guardians in a thriller of a 15-inning. What was it, like 10-hit 10 combined? Really good weekend for me, team. Really good. (laughs) Yeah, prediction-wise in the favorite team. But the Tampa Bay Rays and the Guardians, Guardians sweep them 2-0 in a 15-inning game where I think they both teams combined for, what, like 10 hits in 15 innings? An insane pitching game by both the starters in the bullpen and the final series. The Seattle Mariners making history in game two after sweeping the Blue Jays down eight to one. I believe it was what, like in the top of the sixth inning. And they were the third team in MLB history to come back from a seven lead or seven run, excuse me, seven run deficit in the postseason outside of the 1926 Athletics and the 2008 Boston Red Sox. An unbelievable comeback. They win 10 to nine. They move on to face the Astros. With all that being said, We'll head to our divisional series MLB predictions. Jacob, I'm going to start with you. We're going to go. We'll go through American League first. Give me your Yankees, Guardians, Mariners, Astros. How many games? Who's going to win? Let me hear your predictions. Well, just really, really, really quick. I mean, Vlad Guerrero. I mean, what a sick joke. This is my house first last weekend when you lose the division to the Yankees, and then you blow an eight-one game at home. To lose your season? I mean, yeah. dude, it, it, that might be the worst beat. I've, I mean, this guy just must have had the worst week I've ever seen, bro. I mean, that, <laughs> and sorry to our buddy Ian Spracklin if he's listening. I, but, my God, Peyton, maybe if you want, before we go in, just a couple quick words about the Blue Jays because I know you kind of get on the tail end with Ian there. But, oh, my God. It was a bad week. It was a sad week. Can everybody hear me? First off, can yeah. everybody hear me? Yeah. Okay, cool. I've got no other. I I don't watch baseball, so I just feel like a schlub talking about baseball with you folks. So I'm just gonna pipe down and keep quiet over here until football starts getting talked about. So that's right. No, I'll go into my predictions. I I just thought that was worth mentioning, only because like it's one thing like with the Cardinals, like you kind of feel bad for them, especially with those three guys retiring and they go out like that. But the Blue Jays just like they got what they deserved. I mean, you can't come out talking like that with no preconceived reason that you have any yep. reason to believe that you're better than anyone else. I mean, yep. anyway, so I'll go into the Astros first. Um, I mean, dude, the Mariners are, wow. I mean, their hitting is unbelievable. And I, yeah. I think they're pitching in their bullpen. Obviously, you know, they weren't fantastic, but I think it's a little bit better than we all probably thought. I think that I especially thought they relied on their hitting more than they did. But they can they can pitch too. Um, no, re- I don't think there's enough of a reason to think the Astros lose this series, especially considering the pitch pitching matchup tomorrow night, where they get to have Verlander pitch against the Mariners' third guy. I don't even know who he is. So I, I think the Astros probably win in four. I think that I think the Mariners get a game, especially at home. 
Uh, their crowd is going to be amazing. They had the longest playoff drought out of any team in the league. And now they find themselves in an ALDS with the Astros. So a lot of reason to believe they'll make noise, but the Astros are just too good. I say they win in four. Um, and I think same amount of games for, for our Yankees. I think that tomorrow night, very similarly, I'll be in attendance at the game, very similarly to the Astros situation. Yeah. Um, you know, we get to throw out Cole, which of course, you know, we can't be sure of. But they're throwing their third, Cal Quantrill, who's been very mediocre this season. Um, and I just think that the Yankees crowd tomorrow night can hopefully, hopefully will Cole enough to have a good start. I think that Boone made the exact right decision in the end to go Cole, Nestor, and then Seve. Because I think Seve out of the three is the most well-poised to pitch that away game. Because I think that the other two... Nestor, complete inexperience. And Cole, we know what happens when he pitches in hard atmospheres on the road in the playoffs. We don't even have to talk about last season. Peyton's given a smirk. But I think I think, I think think the Yankees winning four games, I think it'll be a similar series. Um, Indians probably get – sorry, Guardians probably get one of the two home games that they have. But I think the Yankees win the series 3-1. All right, so you got the Yankees and the Astros in four. Connor, give us your predictions. Ooh, all right. I'm uh, with the Astros and the Mariners. I agree with Jacob 100%. I think the Astros just have that championship pedigree, even though they cheated. Yeah, I know, but you know they've been in the playoffs uh, consistently over the past couple of years. And um, but I will say about the Mariners that they know how to win on the road in the postseason. Now they haven't even played a home game yet. So I expect the Astros to win in four, but don't be surprised if the Mariners uh, maybe steal one or maybe even more on the road against Houston. Yankees Guardians. <laughs> I, I don't know if, if, if they're going to chirp back at me or not, but I this this series can go in so many different ways. The Yankees are either going to hit home runs like they do and just bludgeon them, or it's going to be really even between the pitching the pitching staffs. I, I think the pitching staffs are neck and neck the starters, and the bullpen. Wow. Okay. I, I think goes in the Guardians' favor just because the Yankees don't have a closer; it's by committee, and that is where I lean towards the Guardians in five. I think that the Guardians bullpen is very good. Dude, their top six relievers, all of them have ERAs under three and a half. They're a contact-oriented team who don't strike out at all. Yes, the Yankees have more experience in the postseason. They have home field advantage. But I think Guardians in five and also the winner of tomorrow night's game, I think, wins the series. But my final prediction is Guardians in, in five games. All right, Jacob, just like for the sake of everything, like that, that, that just can't happen just for like the sanity of the two of us. But like, all right, I, 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 let me go with the Astros first. The Astros, in my opinion, I think they're going to win in four games. I think the Mariners will get one at home. I know they've learned how to win on the road now, but you just look at the Astros again. They're going to throw out Verlander in game one, probably Jose or Kitty maybe in game two, and then Valdez in game three, whatever you can, whatever order you want to do with Valdez and Urquidy. Their starting pitching is probably the best unit in, in the playoffs right now because without Walker Bueller, the Dodgers don't compare. I would give it to the Astros. They'll win, they'll win in four games. No, no question there. Yankees-Guardians, I'm going to go with the Yankees in five. I think it will go five games, but I got the Yankees winning it. I know that Shane Bieber, when, when the Yankees have to go up against Shane Bieber, that's going to be a tough game. Bieber's one of the best young pitchers in baseball, or at least he was over the last, like, this is his third year, right, Connor? Uh, I, I believe, believe so. Like his, yeah, around there, like three or four years. Like thir yeah, third or fourth year, yeah. But So he's been one of the best young pitchers in the MLB for a while. I'd go with the Yankees in five. I agree. It's going to be a tougher series than I expected. I did not think the Guardians would look as good as they did against the Rays. The thing that concerns me about the Guardians is in a 15-inning game, in, in a slugfest like that, where you that is just about sheer willpower and ability to gut out a win in the worst kind of circumstances in a tough-nosed game. That's what scares me about that team is they have the personnel to be able to win a game like that if it comes to that point. And with a bullpen like that, like you mentioned, they'll be able to maybe draw the Yankees into a into a situation like that where they can then come out of it. And I'll, you know, I'll bring up some players, Jose Ramirez. He's somebody who, who could really damage the Yankees in a home game, especially in Cleveland. If when they, when they go home for games four or for games three and four, excuse me, Jose Ramirez could be somebody that can get that crowd going, hit a two run, three run shot at some point. He could be, to, you know, be a detriment to the Yankees chances on the road. I'm still going to go with them in five though. I will go with them. Moving on to the National League, I'm going to go first. I'll go with the Braves and the Phillies. 
I have the Braves winning this in four games. I know the Phillies look good against the Cardinals, but regardless of whoever won that series, I was going to pick the Braves in four games. The Braves are a, are a well-rounded, really, really talented roster. They have Ronald Acuna Jr. back. Didn't have him last year. I know Freddie Freeman's no longer there, but I still think without him, they are, they are one of the best teams in baseball. They're the defending champs for a reason. I'm giving them their respect. They, they are, the, are five-time, I believe, NL East uh, division champions in a row since 20, yeah, right. 2018. Yeah, five years. I'm going to go with them in four games. Dodgers, Padres, I mean, if the Mets had moved on, I think it would have been a little bit different, but I have the Dodgers winning. I have the Dodgers sweeping them in three games. I think the Dodgers are just way too talented. I know they have you, Darvish, who used to be a former Dodger, by the way. I know they have Musgrove. Blake Snell didn't look good at all against the Mets, so I'm not really concerned about him, more so Musgrove and Darvish. Even still, despite that, I don't see – there's no weakness in their lineup. There's nowhere to pitch around. You got Betts, you got Freeman, you got Max Muncy. Is Trey Turner still there, or am I am I, yeah. am I wrong in that? Yeah, he's Trey a, Turner, no, Chris Bellinger. Taylor's still there, right? Yeah, Chris Taylor, Bellinger. Yeah, Bellinger's batting like eighth or ninth, and he's a former NL MVP, and he hasn't yeah. been as good, you know, in, in the past few years as he was at, when he was a younger player. But he's still, but he's still an MVP, you know, in his in his younger years, and he's batting ninth, ninth yeah. in that lineup. I yeah. just don't, you know, just again, Justin Turner. I didn't even mention there's too much in that lineup for the Padres to have a chance. I have the Dodgers sweeping them. It's not a doubt in my mind. Dodgers Braves, if that happens, will be a little bit more interesting. But I got Braves and Dodgers moving on. Rematch of the NLCS. Connor, what are your National League predictions? Well, first of all, I hate this first series just because I hate both teams, Phillies and Braves. I don't I don't take <laughs> I mean, pleasure I, in, in saying that any of them are going anywhere, but I'm actually gonna go with the Phillies in five games. Um, dude, this guy's picking the upsets today. What the heck is yeah, going on? I, I just like same as the Mariners and the Padres, they know how to win on the road now in the postseason in hostile environments. Um, and they're riding high on confidence. Their lineup is is built to destroy, similar to the Braves. So I think that they're going to be slugfest games. But yeah. I I like Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola more than the more than the uh, Braves young starters. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Phillies in five games. All right. And uh, I'm going to say Dodgers in four. I just I just think that the Padres get one at home. I think that they pitch uh, Musgrove at home where he's from. He's from San Diego. He dominated last night, gave up one hit against the Mets. So, yeah. uh, But the uh, Dodgers and Phillies move on to the NLCS. Wow. Jacob, National League, what do you got? I actually agree with Connor. I, I, something about this Phillies team, I, I, I like the idea of a team that squeaks into the playoffs, very similar to the Nationals in 2019. You know, they yeah. were playing to get in towards the end of the year. And there's just something in baseball about getting hot at the end of the year and just rolling it straight through the playoffs. And it doesn't always matter um, who's on guys' teams and, you know, guys overperform. And I, I honestly, I really do believe that on paper, I think the Phillies have a bit better of a lineup than the Braves. I, I just, they're so Hit, deep. Batting-wise or pitching? Batting-wise. I, 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 yeah. I really do. I, it, oh, it's, it's, that, don't get me wrong. Dude. It's, it's really close, but I think the Phillies, bats are the type of bats especially their lefty bats that can get hot in the playoffs schwarber right. I mean, especially I, I mean yeah, schwarber and bryce harper i get that but i mean i agree with Connor about the pitching possibly but the i don't know you got travis darno acuna you got ozzy albies is still there right no yeah, yeah. braves are probably a bit know, better just, team all around but I, I think it goes five games uh regardless of who right. wins and i i just think the phillies just have that mentality that they want to be that Cinderella team this year. And it feels like in baseball, it's pretty common. I mean, even we saw even a couple of the times the Red Sox made runs, they, it really wasn't, it, it wasn't really expected. I mean, you knew they were good enough, but you didn't know that that was going to be their year. And it's like yeah. this in baseball. And of course, in every sport, you only have one winner, but in baseball, it kind of feels a little extra, like any team could win. And I'm not saying the Phillies are going to win, but I, I, I think, I think they get this series in a long one, five games. Um, Dodgers are unstoppable. I, 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 we were talking last night when we were watching the game. You know, does this, you know, win and winning in New York against the Mets make the Padres a contender? I don't think so. Four games at most, uh, probably three, honestly. I but said three. It, I said three. It, I think it it's a sweep. It, it definitely could go four. Definitely could. But I, I think three. Yeah. Uh, I'll mention something else. Are you guys surprised at what the Padres were able to do without Tatis? Or did you, Connor, I feel like you you almost kind of expected this because you thought Tatis was going to cancer in the locker room. Like, I don't know. Well, this, were you surprised by the success? I, I really wasn't because this reminded me of the Braves last year without Acuna. Like, they just yeah. snap into this, you know, type of, you know, psyche where, you know, this guy 
He let us down. We've been here all year. We, I mean, these guys are the ones that got us here and, and we're just going to go in, uh, into the playoffs and win. And I, I really just think that that's their mentality, even, even going up against the Dodgers in uh, Dodger Stadium coming up. Yeah, 100%. We're going to move on from baseball, though, go to the NFL. We had some breaking news earlier this morning today. Matt Rule, the head, or former head coach of the Carolina Panthers, was fired today after the Panthers have started one and four. I, I'm forgetting the year Matt Rule was hired, but I know he's been there at least, I think, two, three years, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, around, around there. Yeah. What was it, 2018? I thought it was 2020. All right, 20, all right so he's been there. All right, so this was his second, yeah. right, second year then, or I guess third year, whatever, it doesn't matter. Bottom line. Peyton, I'll go to you first because we were talking about baseball for a long time, so I want to get you in here. Thoughts on the Matt Rule firing, right decision? Is Baker, like, you know, what is this going to mean for the Panthers going forward? Right decision. I don't know if it makes a big difference in their outcome by the end of the season. Uh, I think, I mean, Baker's played okay. He hasn't played great by any stretch of the imagination. Oh, he's, played I don't, all, he's played awful. He's played pretty bad, pretty bad. But, again, I don't a, really – Sorry, you, you he had guys, a seven seven point two QBR against the Cardinals. I mean, that's like that's that's very bad. bad. That's very bad. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. very bad. No, yeah, I don't. Again, I think it's the right decision to fire Matt Rule. Do I think it changes you know the outcome for the Panthers by the end of the season? No, they're a bad football team. They will continue to be bad. They might get slightly better. I don't. Again, I don't really think the head coach changes the quarterback play necessarily. So, right decision. Does it change anything? Not much. No. Connor, the right decision. Uh, definitely. You know, I don't, I don't want to bring in the giants just yet. Cause I know that we're going to get to them, but I, I, I think that oh, Brian yeah. Dingle is getting the attention of front offices. Like if you don't have a lot of talent, but the coaching is there, you can be, you, I mean, you can still succeed in the NFL. I mean, the giants talent is not that great. Let's be honest, but the coaching staff has been unreal. And I, I think that Matt rule is just the beginning of some coaches who have talent on their roster and really just like, can't get anything out of them. So, um, yeah, def definitely the right uh, decision by well, the Panthers. Peyton's going to bring some of that stuff up because we're going to talk about some coaches on the hot seat. I know Peyton wanted to talk about that a little bit, but Jacob, Matt Rule getting fired, right decision for the Panthers? I mean, what Connor just said is exactly all I could think about even yesterday before the firing because we were talking about the game. We watched, you know, the later window where they just stunk it up. And yeah. it, it shows that out of all the professional sports that we all follow, Coaching in football, just it doesn't just matter the most. It probably matters the most by a lot because yeah. I, Dable is a prime example. Um, and, and then you, you just have guys spread out throughout the league. It's like this this Panthers team, I mean, this this team with a good coach should be three and two. I mean. Uh, they're really, and they're, they're the, competition, the competition hasn't been that hard, and they are a talented team with McCaffrey, DJ Moore, right. a good defense. Like they shouldn't be this bad. Yeah, I don't think I don't think they're great or a playoff team by any stretch of imagination. But yeah, I mean they're looking like the worst team in the league, right? They look like the least <laughs> one, competitive one of them. Team in the no, NFL. Besides, yeah, maybe it's, the, it's I really mean, even the Texans got a decent win yesterday, but yeah, guess, yeah, it's it's bad. And yeah, rule had to be fired, no question. And 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 boy, did the Giants luck out because I'm sure we all remember that he was almost the Giants coach, and the Giant fans well, that wanted that. <laughs> Giant fans wanted <laughs> rule. We got Joe Judge. How about that? <laughs> yeah, but now listen. Yeah, but listen. But Joe Judge, as Peyton said, led to stable with Dable, baby. We got Brian stable. Dable in there. Like that's stability. He's that, very stable. And honestly, Jacob, it reinforces your point that you made earlier in the year as to why the Chiefs were going to be so good. Andy Reid as the head coach. That was your big harping point as to why you thought they were still going to be successful without Tyree Kill right. is the coaching. So this almost right. just reinforces your point of how like vital coaching is to these teams and you know just being able to being able to scheme up a good offense play calling understanding your personnel that kind of thing it really does play a huge part in this but Peyton I know you wanted to bring up some other coaches that you think are on the hot seat so we can discuss that what I have a coach in mind myself what I have two I got I got, yeah, I got I got two Main, mainly Nathaniel Hackett one that's oh, yeah. like 100%. by far by far yeah. the number one number two Cliff Kingsbury because I just think thank that card thank you that thank that card that Cardinals defense is good that Cardinals roster is good Kyler Murray is allegedly top five top ten I don't know what you <laughs> want to call him I'm not a fan I, but for how bad they are playing Cliff Kingsbury sucks and Nathaniel Hackett is much worse, honestly. I take Cliff Kingsbury over Nathaniel Hackett. That Broncos offense looks as unstable and horrible. Just don't <laughs> nothing figured out. Granted, Javante Williams is out. Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Mike Boone had a decent day. A good defense, and they just can't string together anything defensively, offensively. I mean, their defense played decent, and they've been okay during the season. Sertan's been great. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Bradley Chubb's a great player. 
But for how good this roster is, again, we're looking at a team like the Giants at three and one, and the Broncos can barely scrape out a win. I mean, absolutely insanity. Those are my yeah. main two. You guys can jump in with any opinions that you have on Kingsbury or, or Hackett, respectively. I'll say this, Kingsbury. I've been on. I've been on him for like a, a year or two now because in the you last have. two seasons, you have. the Cardinals started off. This is the reason I had him not not doing well this year. Mainly was Kingsbury. Last year they started off seven and zero until the Packers, baby. They beat him on the road, set him to seven and one. They were seven and one. They finished the year. I be, or they finished the year. I believe with a final record of twelve and five. Mm-hmm. In the second half of the season, they were four and six. You are sorry, uh, five and six. We'll, we'll put it that way. But you are seven and zero. Oh. You should not be finishing twelve and five. The year prior to that, they had started off the year, I believe, with about we'll say like eight, like eight or some eight, eight some odd wins, maybe like they were like eight and four. I think like twelve weeks. They finished the season with like nine or ten wins, only winning ten games through their final few weeks. This is a team that always manages in the last few seasons, at least, to start off pretty hot, start off consistent and they plummet in the second half of the season. Kingsbury does not know how to finish off seasons with this team. He doesn't get them to close out well going into the playoffs. This is not a coach, in my opinion, that should have gotten the job to begin with, with the guys like Eric Bieniemy, who was out there to, as an option to yep. take his head coach, even Brian Dable at that point. There yep. were guys out there to take who had had NFL experience, had had NFL jobs, and this was a guy in Kingsbury that you look at at Texas Tech like this is some kind of world-beater organization in college, like he had done something magical with this roster, and nope. you bring him in with no prior NFL experience, nothing like, like – not, and even Jim Harbaugh was an option too uh, from, from Michigan. Or no, yep. uh, John, uh, John or Jim from Michigan? No, it's Jim. It's Jim. Yeah. It is Jim. So, yeah, yep. so Jim Harbaugh at Michigan was an option too. He He's coached a, a team that led to the Super Bowl. In like two in like two or three seasons, he got to the Super Bowl with the 49ers of like, you know, 10 years ago. So the fact that he even got the job was ridiculous. Doesn't deserve it now. Didn't deserve it then. He should be gone. I would fire him right this instant right now along with Matt Rule. Nathaniel Hackett, apparently he's a good offensive coordinator for the Packers. He's not a good head oh. coach. And also, let's just say this. I'll, put, I'll bring this up now. I was going to bring it up later. Can we acknowledge that Russell Wilson is kind of washed up at this point? That's, what I'm one, up, that, that, that's my main question is, is it, is it a rush thing or is it a Hackett thing or is it a little bit? It of is a both. It, it is a both. both. It, it is both. Are we, are, are, we, are, we, are we saying that because mainly because of the missed pass to Hamler right at the end of the, no, at the game? No, not just or, that. Or it's just not just in general. That. All right. Okay. All right. It, it, it is because of that. Because, I, I mean, I, again, I made a TikTok video about this. Looking at the play, KJ Hamler, for like, what is the – I'm going to say this first. What is the number one thing quarterbacks are told when they're when they're when they're practicing and training? Don't stare down the receiver. And what did Russell Wilson do? Stare down the freaking receiver. And what are cornerbacks taught to do? Read the QB's eyes. His eyes, he was dead looking left, dead left the entire time looking at Cortland Sutton with former defensive player of the year, Stephon Gilmore, draped all over him, who he threw a pick to in the end zone about like, you know, in the fourth quarter, like in the beginning, in the beginning of the fourth quarter. Yep. KJ Hamler on a pick play on the right side, wide open, wide open, wide open, does not look at him once. That is showing me a decline right then and there. Regardless of the fact that in that game, he threw two picks trying to give this game away, essentially, two balls that should have never been in the field of play. He should have thrown them out of bounds or taken the sack. Overall, in five games, he's thrown three interceptions, four touchdowns. Their offense, I believe, is like 30th or third. They're, 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 going into Thursday night, they were one of the three worst-ranked offenses in the NFL, along with the Colts. That was probably one of the worst games I watched, but Hackett and, Cliff and Kingsbury, I, got, I went on a rant here, but Kingsbury and Hackett both need to go because of all the things I mentioned. It's a culmination of all of that. Both of them should not be head coaches by any stretch of the imagination. Connor or Jacob, jump in. I'm just looking at the Broncos right now. They've scored more than 16 points in a game once this year. Oh. I mean, that, that should one really just tell you one so, time. But we we, time. Expect, we expect that to increase, right? Or 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 are we just not at this we, point? No. No, we're just assuming that Russ is washed up and it's it's Broncos is all I think over. do I think so. I think so. Can we can we shout out Mike Kelly right now? This dude that's commenting. Jimmy G will laugh last. I completely agree, Mike Kelly. Mike Kelly. <laughs> Matt Rule is going to be coaching Nebraska. I agree. I agree. Wilson is a yeah. is pot pile of garbage all right yeah i don't know i i I, I, I see them getting better i think wilson's just taking some extra time to learn the offense granted extra time being like five weeks quite a bit of extra time but i can't see a world where wilson stays this garbage for the rest of the year like i just i just jacob do you have any opinions you think wilson's gonna get any better you think he's gonna continue to be this bad 
I mean, it's it's really confusing. I mean, I've I've always <laughs> tried to give him the benefit of the doubt. I think probably a lot of it um, has to do with the adjustment with the young receivers um, mm-hmm. because they don't really just have much experience. No, I'm not. I'm Dino. I'm not. Dino, I'm not Dino, Dino, I need you to calm down real quick. All right. I'm not. I'm, I'm not I'm saying. Chill. I'm listening. I'm not bro, excusing. Because... I'm not excusing it. I'm just saying. I'm just citing a potential reason. But I, I mean, overall inexperience of the team and Hackett specifically and then it it almost makes you wonder it's like all right so he was in seattle all these years yep and the team was kind of very similar every year and they had yep. Carol, and it's like one change and now what so i it's it's not going to get much better but i think it's got to get a bit better because how much worse can it get I mean, yeah that that's what i okay there you been go. horrific i mean yeah it's been bad been, i mean even and for how the wins are nauseating. That, for that, how, win, that primetime win was nauseating. And for how good the Seahawks have been with Geno Smith, my God, it's looking like it was always Pete Crazy. Carroll. It yeah. was always Pete Geno Carroll. Smith I, is going to be cut. He's going to be comeback player of the year. Geno Smith no, is going to come back player no, of the year at this point. It's Saquon. It's Saquon. 100%. What are you dude, talking about? Bro, you think Geno is? Geno. Geno. He's in contention Jamar, for Jamar, dude, Jamar Chase, offensive player of the year, Geno? <laughs> Dude, 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 listen to me. We're going to talk about Jamar later. Geno Smith, they wrote me off, but he's not writing back. He's winning comeback player of the year. I'm calling it right now. He's winning comeback player of the year. Oh, can, I ask, look- qu- can, I, yeah. can I ask a question about quarterbacks? Is Jared Goff bad, or is Bill Belichick just unbelievably amazing at scheming against mediocre quarterbacks? Because Jared Goff no, has it, almost, I think latter. it's it's the latter. So it's Belichick. It's the latter. It's, it's Belichick. Yeah, it's my Belichick. guy Goff has 11 tutties, four interceptions, something like, what is it? Almost fifteen hundred passing yards in a year. That's pretty good. Yeah. To get to a goose egg by that Patriots defense, boy, was I excited. Must that, have that, said. That, 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 that's Belichick. All right, all right. Just wondering. That's yeah. fine. I think that was my Belichick. first. Oh, I have another question, Jacob. Were you more excited about the Jets' offense or the defense? What made you more happy? Did Sauce Gardner make you happy, or did Brees Hall make you? what? Just what was well, better? Because yeah, it looked hard. so great. I mean, it looked so great. It just it was just great. Both were just a delight. I can't even explain how Mike Kelly jump in on you this. Were, Mike, you, Kelly, Mike Kelly is a huge Jet fan, by the way. He is my mom's cousin, dude. He loves the Jets. Shout out oh, Mike oh, Kelly, Connor's oh, mom's Mike cousin. Kelly, there you go. Yes. This dude yep. is active in the comments right now. Gino all <laughs> dude, day. Is... Hold on, wait. Where's he going? No, but Jacob, oh, you were you were you were very, very correct about sauce. Is that it? Oh, it's Hall. Oh, there he goes. goes. This, this is oh, good. no. Oh, my God. Look at the second no. coming every no. Sunday now. No. Goes. I, just gave you, I just gave you credit for Sauce Gardner. Now you're comparing him to Doral Rivas? No, J. no, no. no all, all, all seriousness, though, I mean, Brees Hall. I, I, we'll go to him first. What I, what I say? Oh, we'll go to him first only because, I mean, I think we all knew how good Sauce was going to be. But Yeah, we did. I mean, I mean, Brees Hall. I mean, it's one thing to be a young, explosive back, but it's another thing to be a young, explosive back with that great of a of a mind. I mean, his patience, unreal. He always makes the right decision where to cut, when to speed up, when to slow. Like he just, I mean, he's making his decision making looks like an eight year veteran in the league. He doesn't Remi- look like a rookie Remi- at all. Reminding me of a certain somebody down in Carolina. I'm not gonna lie. Quite a Christian bit. Christian McCaffrey, a little bit. Quite a bit. And and, a little bit of Austin Eckler, a little bit of Christian McCaffrey, a little bit of a blend for me. Looks, looks and, good. And the thing, the thing is, one of my one of my takeaways from Smile. week five. <laughs> one of the takeaways from week five, too. My thing was Brees Hall is by far the best running back on the New York Jets. Not even a question. He is the best running back on this team, and he's over no and he's overtaking it like that, like in a snap of mm-hmm. a finger. He has overtaken Michael Carter and become Dude, that if, running back number one. If if, yeah. if, that, if that sorry, I'm cutting you off. If that hundred yard no, you're pass, good, you're good. Got in the end zone. This kid oh would have had. God, a cr- there was two plays where he was like an inch away from the end zone. Though I mean, Michael Carter vulturing yeah. touchdowns off of my man. This guy is the real yeah. deal, man. The real, yeah. real deal against that Dolphins defense with Wilkins in the middle and those good D tackles. Man, that's a tough. And sh- tough, that not an easy run defense by any stretch of the imagination said, at all. And and he shout out to both New York teams being undefeated. Keep or not undefeated. Sorry, uh, uh, winning records. Excuse me. Yeah, Tino, since Tino, are we ready to talk yeah. about your Packers yet or what? Yeah, come on, Tino. Let's uh, talk yeah, about your, you, you look like you're in a spaceship <laughs> right now, Tino. Just, yeah, uh, just I wish I was in a spaceship so I can get away from this Packers conversation. Um, <laughs> I'm ready. Just, I'm not. I'll say that right now, but I have to do it. Um, 
I'll say this again. Another one of my takeaways from this week was the Packers need to learn how to play a complete uh, complete game of football because they haven't done it in three weeks. I'll go back to the Buccaneers uh, when we beat when they beat them fourteen to thirteen or sorry fourteen to twelve. Scored fourteen points in the second half. Got shut out in the second half. Not a complete game of football, especially offensively. Excuse me. Moving on to the Patriots game against Bailey Zippy. Uh, seven points in the first half. Only got and we only had hey, seven hey, in the first hey, half. Hey, 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 put some respect on Zappy, okay? Like, okay. let's let's you let's show what this Zippy now. Yeah, Listen put some respect if, on the guy's name. If Stephen like, just... A. Smith, if Stephen A. Smith can call the Packers head coach Matt Lafleur, I can call Bailey Zappy Bailey Zippy. Okay, so uh, it's Bailey Zippy. No, Bailey Zippy. Not. We scored. The Packers scored seven points on them in the first half. Scored twenty in the second half in overtime. So that was again not a complete game of football. The second half was much more was much better than the first half. And we come to the Giants. The Packers debut on foreign soil. First game ever, not on American soil. 20 <laughs> points in the first half. And I'm not even counting the safety. I don't count that as points. The Packers put up zero points in the second half because the Giants gave us that those two points because they were wasting time. The Packers did not score a single point in the second half. I no, don't want to hear about Wink. I don't want to hear about Wink Martindale. I don't want to hear about the damn defense. I don't want to hear about any of that. The Packers need they need to learn how to play a complete game of football because they haven't done it yet and, and i i was gonna say it's gonna come back to bite them it already has come back to bite them because it bit them in week five against the giants my sunday was ruined before 1 p.m even came around <laughs> i was not happy um, you woke up early for nothing that defense sucks man that defense did, is bad i did wake up bad for and and the one rasul douglas thing is say, bad he's bad he's not good okay i, rasul. I know Kayvon, <laughs> Kayvon Thibodeau and Xavier McKinney, what uh, what a what a like just back-to-back plays they made on those tip passes. Was not expecting that in the slightest. Um, that's just that's just good <laughs> awareness, you know, a way to get your. I don't even know what to say about it because I was just I was flabbergasted. I didn't know what to think. I'm sitting here watching the game and I'm just like, how does Rodgers get two pass? Like, and Thibodeau didn't even bat it. It hit his face. It off his face mask. Oh, yo, um, like, shout, shout out Cameron Craig in the comments, yo. That guy is a real one on God. And Mike Kelly said Rogers did too much ayahuasca. So uh, <laughs> I, I would have to agree with with Mike on that one. I think Aaron Aaron's throwing that ball like there's somebody there, and he's just not there. There's like Devontae's gone, man. Like it's not also like he. Yeah, bro. you can go. It's all good. <laughs> let, it, let, let it let it out. Sorry. Let it out, brother. It popped in my head again. We're, the Packers obviously didn't watch the show and they didn't listen to me last week because I said, stop throwing the damn football on first and 10. Stop throwing it. Run the damn football. Why are you, why are you, why are you throwing 20-yard fade routes to Alan Lazard and Ray, like, to, guys, LaFleur. Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Matt, Matt LaFleur. Wake up. Devontae is not here anymore. He's not in Wisconsin. Stop throwing the ball on first and damn 10 and putting your team in a hole when they're oh. on a third and 10 and they get screwed over. That's all I'm going to say. Connor, enjoy your freaking Giants 4-1. and one. I'm done. Yeah, so let's fun. go. Let's the go, best, New York, baby. The, Come on. The best picture of yesterday's game, Dexter Lawrence wrapping Rodgers up with his big gullet and he's a <laughs> I love Dexter Lawrence, bro. That was, that was awesome. But, you know, the G-Men are a second-half team. They did not look great in the first half. Dable pumps them up at halftime. Danny Dimes comes out. Da- that Danny Dimes came of age yesterday morning. He Thank looked you. very, very good. Dable, did, did you know, we all see Dable after the game getting all pumped up, going into oh, yeah. the tunnel. Oh, my oh yeah. God, he was awesome. So, <laughs> you know, coaching, coaching's everything. It's the reason my uh, Matt Rule is out the door right now, in my opinion. Yep. Jacob, what you got? What a game. I, I mean, I, I was – I I honestly – second half starts, Giants start driving a little bit, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, there's no way they really win this game, right? And then the minute Saquon breaks off that run, game game's over. I mean, the wind was just taken out of the Packers' sails. I mean, my goodness. But uh, I, I don't want to beat up on Tino too bad because I've experienced a lot of, you know – what he's feeling now. So, you know, I, I'll wrap it up at that. But I will say um, the best thing for the Giants is that they just got one of their only three hard games on their entire schedule, uh, maybe four or five, out of the way. They go play the Ravens. They play Ravens at home yeah. next week, which will be tough. 
But then after yeah. that, if you look at their schedule, they literally play the four worst teams in the league in a row. They play in the Texans, the Lions, whoever else. So they're going to end up having they're going to end up having a good record at the end of this year because they're crossing off a lot of boxes right now. Tino, I will I'm also unbelievably say, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm the last sorry. thing I'll say before I want to move on to the NFC or go to a different team <laughs> in the NFC. So the last thing I'll say, here, the last thing, is the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Jones came out and said this, and I fully understand and agree with what he said. Why would the running backs, either of them, not get the ball on a third and two or a fourth and two down in the Giants on the goal on the goal line? Why would that not be the case? Again, why why are we acting like Devontae Adams is still there to, to, to dominate guys one-on-one? That second pass that was batted down by McKinney, guess who it was going to? Allen freaking Lazard. He wasn't even open. He can't make those kind of catches. Give the he's, ball never, he, he's never open. He's never open. Because he can't get open. No. Give it to 33 no. and 28 for the love of God. You're on the six-yard line. Give it to Jones and Dylan. Just give it to the running backs. I just <laughs> – Moving on, the Dallas Cowboys, Cooper Rush is 5-0. It keeps going. They beat the L.A. Rams, and Cooper Rush didn't even play well. He only threw for 100 passing yards. That tells you how good the Rams are. That tells you how good the Rams are. Matt Stafford It also tells you how how good the Cowboys' defense is because Micah Parsons right now is looking like defensive player of the year. He is going absolutely – He's going absolutely mental so far this season. He's been phenomenal. That pass rush for the Cowboys, with the, even without – I'm shocked because without Randy Gregory, Demarcus Lawrence, Parsons, Davenport, they are the best pass rushing team on third down. They are the best team to get pressure on anyone on a third Whoa. down, no matter no matter Whoa. who they're playing. Dude, look okay. at – bro, look at – bro, you, you, if you watch the games on, I know, on third I know. down – I know, especially especially if it's third and five or more, the way they get yep. pressure on the quarterback is unlike any other team right now. Well, they made the Cowboys, yeah. They make plays when it matters the most. Simple as exactly. that. Exactly, and that's and how Trayvon that's how Diggs, their defense is built. They're like it, with Diggs too. Like he might let up some yards, but when he's it matters this year, and he is better this year. He is better this year. But when, like I said, it, when it matters, even just the interceptions because he's not giving up as many yards as he did last year already. He's looking. He's yeah. he's better in coverage this year. He's playing. He's so much better right now this year. I'm impressed with this Cowboys defense, and this is why they're winning without Dak, mainly. It is because of the defense. And also, shout out to Zeke, because Zeke, not that he's doing anything like, you know, off the wall crazy, but he's doing what he needs to do, and he's playing his role and playing well in a, in a Dak Prescottless team. So I'm liking what I'm seeing from Zeke as well, and Pollard too. The whole team is bonding around Cooper Rush, and that defense is the reason. Going away from the Cowboys, though, Jacob, are the Rams like Super Bowl contention? Like, are they? Is it like? Are their hopes dashed for that? I, I don't see a way they they could contend for a repeat this year. Yeah, I, they they really, really, really look just so eh. And to be <laughs> honest with you, to be honest with you, I it's it's almost ugly, like it's almost ugly to watch them play because the amount that this guy relies on number ten. I mean, it's like sick. I mean, it makes me like you can't even watch them. They're not even watchable right now, dude. They're not at all. No, I rather watch like I rather watch a team with the same. What are they two and three now? Rather watch a two and three team. Rather watch the. I'd rather watch the Seahawks right now. Yeah, no, right. That's just a young team with some nice young players surprising Mm -hmm. you, making big plays, energy. It's just. Oh my! I'd rather watch the Jets. I'd rather watch the Jets they, by a lot. Can I? This can is I, awesome can I ask? NFL, by the way, this is awesome. Oh, it's great! I love it. Oh, yeah, I love 100%. it. The, the, you know, the NFL need it. It's better when the New York teams are playing well in the NFL, especially. But I never said that. Like, I never said that. No, I'm. I'm saying. I'm, I'm saying, <laughs> never said I'm that. saying it. I'm okay. saying it. Let I me ask though. <laughs> can, like, why did the Rams bother signing Allen Robinson? Like, do they do they know he's on the roster, or like it, it. they just like forget? This I can't even forget? talk. I can't even talk about this, bro. Like, I don't no, even. I need to ask. Like, did, 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 they genuinely must have like this forgotten. Is, but this is this is the part. This is the part of watching the game that makes me want to genuinely vomit. Like Jacob says, it makes me like sick to watch the game because I completely agree with Jacob. The amount that he relies on Cup and. The, the amount of targets that is going to – I'm, I'm a Notre Dame guy. Like, Ben Skoranek is a good receiver. Don't get me wrong. But oh, Jesus man. Christ, we're, we're targeting this guy seven, eight times, getting him in on fullback, like, giving him More all these different – More than Yeah, and, and Higby. Like, Higby looks great. I think Higby's been overperforming. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, 
to not to give Allen Robinson four to three, three to four targets a week when you're losing, like when you should be obviously he's throwing the ball 10 to 12 times the cup every game. It's truly, truly nauseating to not watch this guy spread the ball and have no trust in anybody besides Cooper Cup and these other two schlubs who are who are mid-range at best. I just I don't understand it. I don't know. I, I like what what does this say about McVeigh is the main thing. Like McVeigh is just that's my we, question too, because like, we 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 we've crowned him as one of the best like I, I considered him a top five head coach for the last few seasons, one of the best young too. coaches. And now it's like they literally they have they have no run game. Nobody else besides Cooper Cup that can do anything. And I don't know if it's because of Stafford's elbow thing that he had in training camp, but that's still affecting him or what it is. No but way. Like no way. Their offensive, their offensive line sucks. They can't protect him. Von, like their, their defense looks worse besides Aaron Donald. Like it's just I mean, you wouldn't even know if you if the other guys could do anything because they don't throw to them. I mean, how many times exactly. are you gonna throw a six yard out and throw it to the other team's sideline? I mean, it it's like it actually, I was getting, I was getting genuinely pissed yeah, off watching yeah. the game. Do we do? But do we think? Do we think it's McVeigh just giving Stafford the keys and just saying, like, I feel like McVeigh just let Stafford have it and like is just giving him way too much freedom to do whatever the hell he wants, and he's not really like advocating for these other guys who could be getting targets and could I'm, be making bro, plays. I'm, tell, I'm, t- I'm telling you Stafford's still hurt. That's part of it, dude. He has yeah. to can't, because you know, Stafford doesn't he, look right. He's so consistent to cup. His is the I numbers. Know, the numbers from Stafford to Cup haven't changed. So how can you that, tell me it's saying. an elbow thing? It can't be. They'd be running the ball more. They wouldn't be throwing it as much as they're throwing it if it if it was an elbow thing. If he was hurt, they'd have him on the bench. Like if he was really hurt, yeah. unless he, uh, they would, Tino. There's no who's way. Their backup? Okay, but who are they putting their backup? Yeah, but but look at the cow. Like again, the Cowboys. The thumb injury is a lot Even more the Cowboys serious. Cowboys. They have a good. They have a dude. They have a defense but, that's but, playing Tino, so much better. The, Yes, but before the season, if I said to you, who's going to be better, the Rams defense or the Cowboys defense? Oh, you I said the Rams. Rams win. Before the I season, if, the I said, if, I said, if I said, if I said, if I said, if I said, would you trust Cooper Rush to be a starting quarterback in the NFL? You'd say no way in hell. Now no, it's everything exactly. So, so in reality, it's like I, I'm, I'm with Jacob on this one. When I watch this team, it's like it's truly sickening to see the I, inefficiency. I and the lack of targets for all these other guys, I don't understand it, and I'm honestly over it. I don't know Not what else to say. Not even the lack of targets for the rest of the guys. It is specifically Allen Robinson because you signed yeah. him for three years, $45 million. You're paying him $15 million a year to do what? Do yeah. what? Yeah, he's the wide receiver one on a lot of teams. He was the dude. He was the wide receiver one for the Bears. I can name. He's been. He's been. He uh, to be to be fair. He's been. He was garbage this last year with the Bears. Like, yeah, like, dog, dude, 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 like okay, okay, really dude. bad. All right. But but but, 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 but but who's going to be but, good in the Bears offense? No, fair enough. It's the Bears. The, the, the same way that Odell Beckham Jr. was awful in the Browns offense and then came into the Rams offense and immediately began producing. I think Allen Robinson could have done the same thing. That's where I'm like, I, I'm putting. I that was the point. That's that was I mean, exactly to replace Everybody thought that, but at this point, for me, I'm placing blame on Stafford, and I honestly think that they've just given too much trust, and they've given him the keys and just let him take the offense, and he's taking it nowhere but down. And like, it, and he's playing like garbage. He, I, 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 again, I can't talk about this anymore. I don't know yeah. what else to say. I don't know. I'm, I want to move on though. I have one question for each of you, same like I did last week. Connor, I'm going to go to you first. Will your New York football giants win the NFC East for the first time since 2011? Give it to me right now. They're four and one. I believe they're uh, tied with the Cowboys a game back of the, or half a game back of the Eagles. What's happening here? Are they winning the NFC East for the first time in over a decade? I want to say yes, but I think that the level of talent will eventually catch up with them. I, I just think that the Eagles are just so much better than the yeah, giants from a talent, from a, from a talent perspective and maybe even coaching because uh, Nick Sirianni's done a great job also. So Coach I, of the year, I baby. Think that they're going to win the division, but like we said, the Giants are making the playoffs, just not as they Hundo P. Hundo P. Yeah, oh, they're, no, they're making the playoffs, no doubt. Yeah. I'll say this, though. The, I, I'm riding high on my Eagles pick. That's the only thing. Is my 13-4 mm-hmm. and four Eagles. That's my only division prediction that's gone well so far. Everything else is absolute dog water. Yeah, no, yeah, it, it might go, go better than that. Yeah, it might, it might get 14, honestly. But, Jacob, another playoff question for you. Will your, will your New York Jets in a very, very tough AFC Sneak in as a wild card team. Give it to me. Will the will will the will the Zach Milf Hunter Wilson New York Jets get in as a wild card team? Let me hear it. The AFC is just too good. If we were in the NFC, maybe. Um, it's too stacked. I think. I think that um, probably um, whoever doesn't win the AFC North will finish above us, whether it be the Bengals or the Ravens. Um, I think that who the 
Dolphins will probably still end up. A, I, I mean, I don't hey, know. hey, I, hey! I think they will, but like you can't hey. be sure, man. You, you really Yo, Zach, well, Zach Wilson can't. would have to turn because, dude. Up. Yeah, but Bridgewater's Bridgewater's hurt now too, along with Tua. So we don't really know how bad. How bad is Bridge? How bad is Bridgewater hurt? Concussion. I'm not. I don't. They yeah. They haven't. Yeah, I believe it's. All, all these dolphins, they need to get some new concussion people in there with that. Like, the, no, well, the, that's what they have concussion. to do now. As soon as, as soon as somebody takes half of a hit, they have to get them off the field and put them in the blue tent. No, I'm saying they, they need to get they need to get new people in there to like because these guys keep getting concussions all the time. But anyway, yeah, Jacob, I wouldn't be surprised if Jets finish higher than the Dolphins right now. Uh, what I'm saying, Mike too, Kelly, you, chill out, bro. We didn't even we didn't even we didn't even mention the AFC West where they have so many teams in there too, Jacob. So like. I agree with you. I felt like a weasel one out of you of you like coming on here and being like, let's go, Jets. Like, you know, maybe the Jets get it. Honestly, though, if the Jets beat the Packers next week, I might, I, I, I'm going to cry. Like, I, Jets are, I Jets, Jets, say. Jets are going to beat the Packers next week. You heard me. Please don't know. There's no, yeah, J- Jacob, I don't, I don't think so. Back back. Jacob, we're going to, Jacob, we're going to that game so. together next Green week. Green Bay meets New York. Honestly, I might just have to come just to watch that game in between you two schmoes. That would be, you have to, you have to. You're comedy. Yeah, I'll give a closing point real quick about the playoff whole thing. I will say, um, if they had the same record that they have now at three and two and overperform like they have, um, you would have thought there'd be less of a chance than there was because of the AFC West struggles. Because we know that the Raiders, Broncos, and Chargers are all underperforming right now, especially the first two that I mentioned. Not saying they get in, but I think it'll be a little closer than we thought. I think they'll miss yeah. out by a game or two, though. Yeah, I mean, I had them going six and eleven before the year started, and they're already three and two. So they can end up winning like maybe eight, maybe seven or eight, eight games, maybe I think eight, probably like maybe eight, 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 nine, eight, nine. Yeah, maybe probably. that's right. Yeah. That's why I had the Giants going, and they're four and one. So I mean, you know, again, we could see a lot of different things here. But I will say, I, I will say one thing about the New York Jets. This is a team that I, Jacob, and I, I think you and I were really the only two. Maybe Connor was, but Jacob, you and I were the only two. I know Peyton wasn't going into this year. We looked at what they did in the draft. Nope. We looked at what they did in free agency and we looked at this team and said, you know what? They honestly have more young talent on their roster than the giants do. If we're being real, I Connor, I think they have way more talent on that team than the giants mm. do. So Jacob, I feel like you and I, while we are, yes, we're surprised yeah. by the three wins. We're not surprised by how well some of these guys are performing because we knew they had that potential coming into the year. Guys like sauce, Guys like Brees Hall, guys like Garrett Wilson, Jermaine Johnson on the defensive end as well. We knew they had this potential. And, and dude, this is without Makai Becton too. If Makai Becton was playing right now, they like that, that'd be a whole other aspect. So I commend the Jets for what they're doing at this point in the season. Final question for you, Peyton, though, and this will transition into our like next kind of final discussion here. Has the NFL and the league as a whole figured out Jamar Chase? Oh, uh, because you talked about this prior to the season, so that's why figured, I gave the question. Figured to him you. out. Figured him out. Like he's not like like there's there's, gonna, there's film on there's him. No, there's, there's film no, on him. There, they can. Yeah, yeah. They they've they've definitely keyed in on him, and there's no way that he will reproduce his stats last year. Um, I thought he would, at, but no, I, at, I mean, at, last year he had 1,400 yards and 13 touchdowns on 80 catches. That's absolutely insane efficiency on the yeah. amount of targets he had and the amount of catches he had. So he was already in for for a dip. Unless his volume increased, and as we've seen, Joe Burrow's done nothing but spread the ball out more to guys like Boyd, Higgins, Mixon, and and yes, I do believe that it's tough because he's still top five talent wise in the league at wide receiver. Yeah. I think the fact that he's built like a running back and he doesn't have the sweetest routes and the sweetest feet like Justin Jefferson kind of takes away from his ability to win in zone. Um, I think he's still a man beater. I think he still can win down the field. Him and Joe just I mean, have he did to it that. against the Ravens. So exactly. I mean, I, I I don't think they figured him out necessarily. I think he's just he's he's he was due for a regression and he's feeling it right now. And they've definitely watched film on him and they've picked up on some of his tendencies. So yes, they figured him out to an extent. Does that mean that he's not top ten or he's not still gonna have huge? No, that's not what I'm saying at all. No, yeah, no, he's... But, but there's he's no way is he offensive player of the year. No way is he repeating yeah. for 1,400 yards and 13 touchdowns. There's no way. No, no. He's that not was a miscalculation, but that was a miscalculation by by your man Tino there. I, I did say he was going to win Offensive Player of the Year. That was not correct. But transitioning this into the Bengals conversation, they're two and three through their first five games, losing last or losing last night. Yeah, and a heartbreaker to the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson goes down the field, gets him in a field goal. Justin Tucker, one good leg, boots it through. He had that legendary post game interview talking about just you know the preparation that goes into it. Missed, he, I believe he missed like five or six picks uh, in the in the uh, pre uh, pregame. 
And the reporter asked him about it, and he goes, "Yeah, it's a good thing they don't keep stats on my pregame workouts, huh?" And then he walks <laughs> off. So I was like, "That's a pretty, that's a you know, pretty good interview." Cold-blooded. Yeah, I mean, dude, I mean, the guy, the, he, he's twenty-five of twenty-six for go-ahead field goals in his all career, ninety-six percent. He's yeah, he's he's the second best kicker of all time. Could be the best by the time he retires. He's only been Probably. in the league for ten years, so you yep. know, he's he's pretty he's pretty good. But again, Bengals two and three. That's the focus I want to go to. The offensive line still is a problem, Peyton. I had said this a while ago that maybe it's the fact that it's just a new unit. They have to try to gel together. It's a bunch of new guys, like, but they still haven't figured it out. What is going on with the fact that they, they still can't protect Burrow and Burrow is still back there running for his life half the time when he's trying to throw. I, I don't know if it's me, the timing, just everything about this Bengals offense just feels kind of off last yeah. year. It was like, everything was perfect timing, every throw, every protection, every block, Every route, it was all very meticulous. I mean, the, blocking, the blocking wasn't perfect. It was sexy. It wasn't. Time. It wasn't great. It wasn't great at time. But 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 they made the they made big plays when it mattered the most. Is kind of what I'm saying. Like their efficiency, yeah. they overperformed. This Bengals team has all the pieces, all the players, all the coaching, all the experience at this point. Granted, they only you know Joe Burrow hasn't been in the league very long. Neither is Jamar Chase, but still extremely talented players. And the timing and the rhythm of the offense just feels like garbage like they just can't get into a flow they can't find their scheme they can't get guys open besides t higgins when he's healthy i don't know i don't the offensive line obviously for namesake they've definitely made improvements and on paper they look 10 times better than they did last year i don't know if it's because burrow and his offensive line are out of sync i don't know mixon's look bad he's only averaged about 2.8 yards per carry whereas last year he was at 4.5 4.6 yards per carry yeah I can't give you a concrete answer because, again, on paper, they look like they should be better. But when I watch the game, the whole rhythm of the offense just looks completely off-put. So it, it, it's been one of those teams where it's similar to the Rams where I kind of get nauseated by the play calling, the rhythm, the lack of the flow of the offense, and the lack of timing and efficiency. It's just – it's honestly just and the, a joke. And, and the lack of separation some of the receivers are getting because almost like it's like Burrow last year, the receivers were getting separation a lot more. Burrow was flinging the ball downfield a lot, and it doesn't seem like the offense is doing the same thing. But, Connor, thoughts on the Bengals? Are they a team that can turn it around and make a re, make a run at, you know, getting back to the Super Bowl? I don't know. It's tough AFC, so I'm I, honestly, mm-hmm. I don't think so. And I was somebody who had him winning 14 yeah. games. So, I don't I, – it's, it's tough. Super Bowl, I, I just I just don't see it happen. Uh, it's bad enough that the offensive line can't block, but also that T. Higgins seems to get injured like every single game. Yeah, He's, yeah, yeah, he has something every single time. So you know, yeah. Burrow having to go to Chase over and over again without Higgins on the field is is you know what's just really costing them at this point. Hundred percent, Jacob. Yeah, I mean, we're seeing both teams that played in the Super Bowl uh, have obviously really big hangovers this year. Um, but I do have to say, I think I see a better chance of the Bengals turning things around a bit more than the Rams. Because I, just, I agree. Me too. I just, the Rams are just so incredibly stagnant right now and just so dull. And I, you know, you know, we talked about identity before the year, immensely lacking that. I think the Bengals still have that a bit. I just think they need to do simple things a little bit better than they've been doing. I think their roster is definitely good enough to at least get into the playoffs, but I don't think they're going to contend for a Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I at this point, I don't think so either. I thought they had a chance to, but right now it's not looking that way. Final thing we'll talk about, Monday Night Football starting in about 20, 20 30 minutes. we got the Chiefs and the Raiders. I believe the Chiefs are home tonight. I'll, yeah, they're yeah. home against yeah. the Las Vegas Raiders, who started out 1-3. and three. I had them as a 12-5 and five team going into the postseason. They don't <laughs> look good at all. Devontae Adams calls no. Derek Carr Hall of Fame QB. I don't know about that one, buddy. Uh, I think you miss Rodgers a lot more than he misses you, even though, again, the offense doesn't look phenomenal in Green Bay. Sticking on point, though. I'm gonna go around the horn. Yeah, I'll right. Get my prediction real quick. Right. I got. I got the Chiefs winning the game, four and one. I listen. I don't want to go. I don't want to go to the Packers anymore. Patrick Mahomes. I have him winning another one. You shouldn't have said it. One. Mahomes. Mahomes has looked phenomenal. Um. Yeah, I think Chiefs got it. They're, they're gonna go four and one. Chiefs got the win. Peyton around the horn. Who you got? Uh, I got the Chiefs by like five million. Connor, do we still think the Steelers are gonna win the division, but or how's how's that? Uh, probably not. Can he pick it win an offensive rookie of the year? Steelers are contenders. He didn't look that bad yesterday. They just they just can't <laughs> finish. They can't finish. That's I mean, it. It's also, it's also the Bills. It was like it's twenty-seven the, to three. It's the I know it's the Bills couldn't the finish. Bills, he couldn't start the engine for <laughs> yeah. the car. Come it's, on it's, now. It's also the again. It's the Buffalo Bills. But Connor, who you got winning I'll this game him. tonight? 
I have the Chiefs putting up another 40 spot and beating the Hell yeah. Facts. Yeah. Jacob, Jacob, are we all in agreement here picking picking all uh, all the Chiefs? No, no, I'm just kidding. I think the Raiders ah, are you crazy. I think the Raiders, I think it'll be close though. I don't think it's going to be a blowout tonight. Raiders are playing Raiders need a win bad, but they won't get a yeah, win, I mean, but I think it'll be close. <laughs> he goes they need it bad. They won't get one, but it'll be close. <laughs> um yeah, so we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens in that game tonight, but again, a lot of crazy stuff going on. We got the divisional playoffs starting tomorrow. Jacob, send me picks from the Yankees game. I hopefully it's going to be a good atmosphere for you guys. Um hopefully. Again, they're, they're gonna, you don't got to worry about us. They're going to they're, they're going to be wild call out game 1, right? Yep. Okay. So yeah, they got call out game 1. Oh! Do I do I fully oh. it? No, but you know, again, we'll see how he plays. First home game in the postseason at Yankee Stadium. Going to be a fun game to watch tomorrow from you know the comfort of my couch in uh, in Crescent, my own TV. I'm not going to be at the game unfortunately, but that'll wrap it up for this episode of the Cold Hard Truth. You got myself, Peyton, Connor, Jacob. All our social medias down below in the description. Our Cold Hard Truth, excuse me, Cold Hard Truth social medias down below in the description. Check out our YouTube channel. All our stuff again down below in the description. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks World for World Series champs, Guardians, according to Mike Kelly. Let's go.